When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Pucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson. They're getting into a rhythm. They've got, you know, this excitement of the 12 consecutive wins. They've also got the excitement of beating, you know, the Bruins and beating good teams right now. What do you think that changes or says heading towards the trade deadline coming up? Uh, we had Adam Denker on a couple weeks ago. He made a, an interesting take on getting Patrick Kane um, maybe even Eric Carlinson. Then you've also got, you know, we've got some key guys out there that are on the market, but the bolts are always against a tight cap space. Is there a player that you guys have in mind that you think, yeah, hell yeah, grab this guy. He'd be a great fit. Or do you want these guys to just continue to have time to gel? And maybe you get a middle of the pack guy that can get the job done if they brought him in. Uh, I mean, I think the main thing you'd be looking at here for this team is, is like we were talking about maybe depth in like third or fourth line, but you've seen those guys starting to kind of gel. And on the blue and line. And Balsers is supposed to yeah, be back around shortly. And Balsers just went through the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's down. I got a little bug. It's annoying me. Anyways, he's uh, he's <laughs> I thought like, you were glitching first. No, I know. No, that's like one little bug that came in when I had the door. <laughs> Anyways. Um, no, so like, but he just cleared waiver wires. And then Perbix has come back from his injury. So the blue line, it seems, is kind of getting more gel there. As much as I'm not the biggest fan of Ian Cole, it seems like this man or the coaching staff is. And I mean, I, I just see, I mean, I think he probably has under a bigger microscope right now because McDonough's gone and he has to come in and fill a little bit more minutes than he probably is used to. So like when he got undressed by, you know, McJesus the other in the other game, that same move, he just got beat by that same move um, the other night. Luckily, it wasn't McDavid, so he was able to keep the keep the play, you know, contained. Mm-hmm. But penalties, but you know, at the same time, I think he's owed like two and a half, three million dollars. So where do you really upgrade? The Lightning have maybe $700,000 right now in cap space available to them. So like JBB says, money in, money out. How do you get better by sending money out on this team right now? Mm-hmm. Unless it's maybe an Amestikoff, who again, $2.5 million. But I I look at him as a guy that we've talked about on our show uh, of maybe not quite clicking yet, but at the same time, he seems to kind of the last couple of games since we talked about it looked a little bit better, looked a little bit better there on that fourth line with Perry and Belmar. And then it, it, where do you go? Like if we go to the playoffs and you need depth, he could end up playing top six minutes or, and have the dynamic we saw in the preseason or early in the season. He can get up there and have chemistry. If you need, Oh, you know, heaven forbid somebody goes down. In, in, in that top six and it just is he as good or is there somebody else out there that would be better than him if that situation happened 
those are the things JBB has to look at. And I just don't look at the market and see a guy that really, and then that's being long-term as well, because it's not like this team is like, okay, it's just for this season. Any, any move that JBB is doing, it's not just for this year. He's still looking for the next three or four years. He thinks this window is still wide open for several years to come. You know, like, you know, you listen to him and Mr. Vinick talk, they talk about being competitive every year, not ever having a window closed, but always trying to be, have layers of talent on this team and ages by, by that, you know, ages of layers of ages of talent. And they've done a good job of that. So I think that's what they look at. No matter what the money comes in or whoever, whoever comes in, it's got like be a Hegel or a Paul where, okay, yeah, you lost Palat. Yeah. You lost McDonough, but now you have these two guys that are young. You already locked up Paul. Hegel is going to look to still probably be a pretty favorable contract, even though he's tearing it up right now. It's, Mm-hmm. I think he's he's been tearing it up because he's playing with the best guys, you know, maybe on the planet right now, the two best, you know, arguably. So, you know, those, those, like, that's what it comes down to for me at the trade deadline. JBB is a magician. He may see a guy out there or have something on another GM that's like, hey, you know, remember that time when we were at the conference <laughs> that one year? You owe me for this. Let's get a deal done here where you eat some money for us. But you know, other than that, uh, you know, it's it, it, this above all seasons looks like a year that he might kind of just stand pat and see what he has between on the roster and available in Syracuse and the, the tinkering that they can do. Yeah, I, and I kind of agree with that, but it goes against everything he's ever done because ever <laughs> since he's been on this, you know, been in charge here, um, he's made those trades and they've been impactful. And yes. you know, you asked for like some names. I can't tell you anyone's names because I didn't know who Nick Paul was last year. I didn't know yeah. who Brendan Hagel was. I didn't know who Barkley Goodrow was a couple years ago. I didn't know who Blake yeah. Coleman was. He yeah. finds these diamonds, diamonds. in the rough, and yeah. somehow, you know, just gets rid of some draft picks. Who needs them? Um, and gets rid of some prospects. But I think this year, more than ever, he's really got to kind of pull a rabbit out of his hat because he's got to find someone that really wants Vladdy Nemestikov and that, mm-hmm. you know, three million. Um, and then Cal Foote's kind of the other name that's been out there. And Cal Foote's not making a ton of money because he's still on his first contract. So you got to throw yeah. in some some draft picks, which we're already short on. Um, and you got to throw in some guys from Syracuse or some prospects. But I mean, I don't have a doubt that he'll do it and, and find at least somebody that will contribute to this team. Um, you know, we talked a lot about the bottom six two weeks ago about being one of the biggest needs. All of a sudden this week, we're praising the bottom six. <laughs> so, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You got a month to go. And this team's been really, really, and I hate to even bring it up, lucky with injuries. Yeah. Um, but if an Not injury gone. happens, you kind of want it to happen in the next month. If a major injury happens, I hate to say it, you don't want it to ever happen. But if you want it, if it's going to happen, you want it to happen the next yeah. month because yeah. then they can make that move. Thanks right. to the NHL's silly rules with long term IR. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't we love those rules, though? Because it helps them. finesse the capital so much. But oh. um, interesting, Stash, when you were talking, the first thing that came to mind for me is the fact that, you know, they, this team does really well with having different guys step up to the plate during playoffs. So for me, when it comes to JBB and the magic that he makes, it's really hard to think of who you would maneuver around because what if that's Nemestikov's time to shine? He knows this team. He's been so lethal on some of the teams that he's been with. I hated seeing him on the stars roster. Mm -hmm. He was a pain. Mm -hmm. 
he was an absolute pain. And he's yeah. been he's had the ability to do that on the many rosters that he's been on. So for him, I think it's time. Um, I also never really pictured him as a third or fourth line guy. So maybe that's an adjustment as well. But again, playoffs and 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 there on out could be his time to really shine and, and step into the full potential that he'll bring to this roster. So a lot of tough decisions, as you guys said, JBB is a magician, magician, a magician, and finds a way to get it done. Um, I honestly have no names in my mind either because like you said shooter he just also plucks these guys out of nowhere and then you just grow to love them so much because they turn into that guy I mean Brandon Hagel didn't surprise anybody until this season um finds out he was dealing with a foot injury last year and stuff so he didn't really step into his own until he started working with those two guys on the top line but I don't think it's just the top line either I know that's probably a hot take for some people I think it's the fact that he's healthy he's healed and he absorbs like the knowledge around him tremendously so um to see what they do with players like that only if they really feel like they need the depth but this brings me to my biggest one Hayden Fleury's done all right he's done some cool things he's had his moments it's cute um Cal Foot, I think he's run out of time to prove himself at least in Tampa and with this team um, so as you guys mentioned, if there was a move to be made, Calfoot's not going to really bring in much money, but Calfoot and somebody else, you know, do you guys still see any, I don't want to say hope because he's not a bad player. He's, he's also had great moments, just very more on the inconsistent side for, for him for as long as he's been with the team now. Um, do you guys like Calfoot back there in the defense, or do you think that he's a player that could move on and, and potentially grow his career elsewhere? I, I like Calfoot a lot. I, I like yeah. how physical he is. I think the only downside to his game is his skating, which the Lightning yeah. do a really good job with with improving players skating. And and I think it's still early for Calfoot. So uh, I, I'll be a little upset when he gets traded because I do think he'll have a long NHL career. Uh, mm-hmm. But at this point, like he's a restricted free agent at the end of the season that are they going to be able to pay him anyway? And that's why his name keeps coming up is he's kind of, you know, the guy that's they probably can't bring that back next season. Yeah. Yep. They pay, they basically as far as I mean, if you sit here and really look at the salary cap, I feel like they kind of gave Nick Pervix that cow foot money they were going to maybe give next year with him being an rfa you know and i think pervix is the guy that really came in and took that role they were expecting calfoot to fill right now and i think that i'm with shooter the guy is only 24 he still has a lot of games to get to that 600 game threshold we talk a lot about with defensemen in this league and i do think that with him being an rfa he might be a guy that you could consider conceivably package Maybe the other team eats some salary this year as long as they can make sure there's a deal done to sign Calfoot, mm-hmm. you know, maybe to that three-year bridge deal similar to what they, the Lightning signed Perbix to uh, this year. Um, so I, that would I, we've, looked, we've talked about that. I think that's probably the most likely move if there's any kind of value, um, especially other than the Mestikoff, you know, he's at that $2.5 million and he's unrestricted next year, so he's basically a rental. So it's it's those two guys I think you're looking at that have the space and maybe the ability to have return. But I just don't know if you're getting anybody as good as Nemesikov at that price. And if he's going to be a, th- a third or fourth liner, I think you're downgrading at that point 
and it, it's just for the sake of making a move basically you know so right so yeah but yeah i, I we do talk we do kind of think that calfoot's going to be a guy that they move some here at the trade deadline or so because i don't think they have the ability to pay him really mm-hmm. more and i don't think they really want to they it you know i mean hayden flurry is you know signed next year still for less and he's right. shown he's shown flashes that he can play at this team whenever and i don't think that they're done with myers either even though he's uh spent most of the season in syracuse um, right they've told him what to work on and he's been playing a lot better in syracuse right now so and he's been playing on the top defensive pair down there so those are things you got to think of those two guys might just show, hey, they're not necessarily better. They're just better fit for the system. And so yeah. maybe that's that's where Cal Foots just can't kind of get his momentum in the system. We've seen it with multiple guys in this uh, franchise before that uh, have talent, can't find their way in, and go do great things elsewhere. Oh, yeah. It's Carter just gonna be another, like, yeah. 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 Everyone so. has their moment, and it's all about the right system. But totally agree mm-hmm. with that. Um, and again, nothing against Calfoot. I just think the timeline in, in which they try to develop and then working against the cap space and whatever they may have to do with the team um, mm-hmm. is where his time has just been a little bit confined. But uh, let's talk about the surprise that is Nick Herbix. The Knicks yeah. are going off right now, first of all. You got Nick Paul crushing in in the faceoff circle and then some. And then you got Nick Perbix, who has honestly been the ultimate surprise. He comes off of a three-point game from Saturday versus the Kings that I thought were going to put up a bigger fight. Uh, with Kevin Fiala, who was hat trick city a couple weeks ago. Then you got Adrian Kempe, who's just kind of like silent death sometimes. Um, and it was nice to see the Bolts be in complete control when it comes to this game. But it was also great to see Nick Perbix walk away with three points. Um, how surprising has this guy's performance been for you guys? And obviously the biggest thing that revolves around Nick Perbix's name is just his hockey IQ, how smart he is, how composed he is and um, how much more he can just develop from the foundation that he's brought to the table. Yeah. He's, he's been like the biggest surprise this season, hands down. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And and here's a really good example of that, as you know, Casey, cause you filled in for me, we do kind of like a weekly challenge on the show. One of the topics for the last week was in that Kings game, who's going to get the most points, but only for defensemen. And we have four people that answer. You guys did this? Nobody said Perbix. Um, You know, we went with Sergey, we went with Hetty and the usual suspects, but nobody said Perbix. And I think to some extent, we're still sleeping on the guy. Um, But I I watch him cautiously, too, because he's only played, what, like 40, not even 40 NHL games. Mm -hmm. You know, he still turns over the puck like all defensemen do. Um, but the guy has a knack for having a little bit of offense to his game and getting pucks through. And, you know, yes. for a guy who's only played that many games in the NHL, he's been really, really solid. So, you know, another another diamond in the rough for, for JBB and got, got himself a, a nice little bridge contract, too, to see if he can spin it into something bigger. I think they could. Do you yeah. guys think he could spin into something bigger with what he's putting up right now? Because... I think what's so fascinating about hockey, and I was talking a little bit with Greg Wolf about this the other day, is the fact that there's so many journeys or so many paths in hockey. You could do juniors. You could never make it to juniors. You could never play in an Olympics in your life. You can take the college route, which it's not frowned upon, but it's definitely a different structure depending on where you go to college and how that team pans out. So for Perbix, you know, he didn't start lifting weights until his senior year in high school. He's never a big weight guy. Um, 
did the college route, uh, something similar to Alex Kalorn chooses Harvard because his neighbors went to Harvard, but they didn't have a great hockey uh, team at all for him to really show off with. He was great in high school and it came easy to him. And then college was college. And then he really had to develop when it came to bumping up to the NHL and starting off in the AHL. So do you see this being a great foundation for Nick Perbix to, to become much more, even though he doesn't have this, you know, crazy resume behind him he did do ju some junior stuff but he doesn't mm -hmm. have the most extensive like standout resume behind that yeah i think bringing up alex colon is a perfect parallel with him you know having gone the college route and knowing that you talk about the hockey iq i mean did they not, didn't necessarily play for the greatest programs but it still is a little bit different level of competition than going through juniors or going through the ahl and i think that that's that's what serves them they also kind of matured a little bit more i think as men in a more natural way going through the college in that process and kind of getting shipped out to juniors and then you're kind of out there on your own and hopefully you find a mentor or whatever you know i think it's a more consistent program you you play more you, you know play more games in college so i mean you look at it 38 games so far uh for perbix this year with the lightning which is impressive. So he's only missed 10 games. Um, mm -hmm. So, and he even had that little bit of an injury. So they haven't sent him down for that many games. He hasn't been scratched up for that many games. He had a, a little injury thing, but he's been playing and he's been playing meaningful minutes. He's been playing a lot of minutes and he's been playing with, with uh, um, Sergachev, who I think yeah. it needs it. Honestly, I, I, I think Sergachev needs a guy that, can play defensively and play responsibly the way Perfect does, but then also can contribute offensively. So it takes a little bit of pressure off of Sergeyev. He doesn't think he has to be out there making all the plays all the time. So yeah, I don't think that there's any um, any ceiling right now that we can expect to see from Perfect. I think all he can only get better. He can only get yeah. better from here. I would definitely agree with that. Well. Speaking of better, speaking of guys that have been diamonds in the rough and all of this good stuff, it only brings us to the most important conversation 